the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Monday, May 8th, 2023. I am Seth Liebson. We got David Dahl here. We've got Bill over in the other Bulletproof uh, studio. You guys are, why all the Bulletproof glass between us? It's, my words are not that sharp. (laughs) A few thoughts from over the weekend. Maybe it's not quite morning in America again. As Joe Biden's new reelection video tries to communicate, if you missed it, Joe Biden has a new re-election TV ad out all about patriotism. In fact, it begins with a young child posting an American flag on her front portico. And just so you don't miss the message, the ad is titled Flag. This all raises an interesting question. I wish someone in the media would ask Joe Biden, should he ever make himself available for questions from the media, at least questions that aren't pre-printed and pre-approved, designed to look as if they are not. The question would be something like this. Mr. President, the founder of the 1619 Project, Nicole Hannah-Jones, says it is not appropriate to hang the American flag in front of your house. She wrote the flag outside her home never, as a black person, made sense to her. Should it make sense to her now? That's the question I'd like to hear Joe Biden answer. A follow-up might be, should there be two national anthems? I mean, sir, you are wrapping your re-election campaign in the theme of patriotism in America. Can we be one united country, as you say, with two national anthems and an intellectual history movement trying to get rid of our flag? Those would be the questions. Now, intellectually, I get this and I get the common sense crash of it all. Clearly, it is okay to be patriotic when there's a Democrat in the White House. That's the only message one can glean here as a matter of common sense, right? But the crash comes this way. It's all coming from the Biden re-election campaign as his chief talking point is that making America great again is somehow an extremist movement, while his TV ad is all about American patriotism. Indeed, he actually puts language to substantiate the claim that the Make America Great Again movement is extremist, saying, quote, courage, opportunity, democracy, freedom. They're the values and beliefs that built this country and still beat in our hearts, but they're under attack by an extreme movement that seeks to overturn elections, ban books, and eliminate a woman's right to choose, close quote. Overturn elections? How? Challenging electors in Congress and courts just like Democrats did in 2000, 2004, and 2016? Or is he talking about a group of less than 1,000 people that— stormed the Capitol on January 6th. For if so, he's running against three, ta- three ten-thousandths of one percent of our population. Three ten-thousandths of one percent of our population. Hell of an opponent, that. As for banning books, who and where? The very books you can get from Amazon in a day or at almost any bookstore, those are the books he thinks he's talking about. But if there is book banning, you know whose books you can't get? Conservatives. They aren't at most bookstores or libraries. 
Just ask Bethany Mandel or Abigail Schreier. And if there's any banning going on anywhere, how's the effort going at college campuses and universities to have anyone who disagrees with left-wing doctrines or transgender athletes competing in women's sports? Yeah, there is banning, but it ain't from conservatives. It's against, against conservatives. As for eliminating a woman's right to choose, might we recall his sentence and how it opens up with the line, courage, opportunity, democracy, freedom are the values this, that built this country? Democracy, he puts it in there. Is democracy only valid and valuable when it produces results you want? Or is it truly ruled by the people? Because if it's the latter, which is what every civics textbook says it is, then all the Republicans want is for that issue of abortion to be voted upon by the people in each state. In other words, subjecting the issue to, say it with me, democracy. But aside from the politicalizing of patriotism, it seems, I guess, it's okay if you're a Democrat. It's not okay if you're a Republican. Someone really ought to ask Joe Biden these questions, as it would be a good thing to have an answer on them. But it would also be a good thing to know if Joe Biden is up to answering them. A lot of people don't think he's up to answering them or anything else far more substantial. As the folks at Powerline wrote up the latest polling, here is the latest from the ABC News Washington Post poll that just came out this morning. These are the headlines about it. Less than 35 percent think Biden has mental sharpness for second term. Former President Trump leads Biden by seven points, 49% to 42% in a general election matchup. 44% of U.S. adults polled say they definitely or probably vote for Trump versus 38% for Biden. 12% were undecided. Biden's approval hit a new low, 36%, down from 42% in February. Those are just the headlines. 36% approval? No president at this point in his term has had anything near that. And those are just the headlines, by the way. The internals are far worse for the Democrats who couldn't find a single member of Congress to vote to protect women's sports from transgender athletes last month. The Washington Post poll found 65% of respondents don't think transgender female athletes should be allowed to compete in female athletics. By the way, 65% on that point. Might I suggest that all this advice of late that Republicans need to abandon issues of the culture war, that there are more important issues, all that advice may want to take a minute from itself and consider that the conservative position has nearly two-thirds support in a Washington Post poll. The truth is, as Ken Kachigian writes in the Wall Street Journal today, This new television ad by Biden's team trying to mimic or copycat Ronald Reagan's Morning in America ad is sorely lacking, especially with its imagery and verbiage attacking other Americans. That's what this Biden team doesn't get. The Morning in America Reagan success didn't make enemies of its opposition. It didn't try to divide Americans. It didn't have pictures of Democrats engaging in outbursts. Go back and watch that ad. And compare it to Biden's. They're both available. There were no riots depicted in Reagan's ad. No ugliness. And you want to know something interesting that did stand stand out in that 1984 ad of Ronald Reagan's? Culture. There are 15 seconds of wedding imagery 
at a church, 15 seconds in a one-minute ad, a full quarter of the ad, which reaffirms not only that cultural composition is not only or was not only important to the re-election campaign that won a remarkable 49 states, but gives a window into something a bit darker contemporaneously. In 1984, marriage rates were about 40% higher than today. Church attendance today is one-third lower than it was in 1984. And so to the dark part. I get the media and the left wants to lead every mass shooting or mass violence story with the political beliefs of the alleged assailant. And the more extreme the beliefs the better for ink, if and only if, of course, the beliefs can be categorized as somewhat right-wing. If they, if they are categorized as on the left, the story is deep-sixed. This is also true, by the way, of victims like Jordan Neely and the man who put him in a chokehold. Here's where I am on all this, and I know that there are competing stories in Texas on this today. I am and have long been less interested in the race of any of these people, less interested than most. I've no interest in their races for the same reason Bobby Kennedy said he wasn't interested in assassins' races. Remember what he told the group of followers in Indianapolis when he had to break the news to them of Martin Luther King's death in 1968? He said this, quote, after telling them it turns out a white man had killed Martin Luther King, he said, quote, for those of you who are black and are tempted to be filled with hatred and distrust at the injustice of such an act against all white people, I can only say that I feel in my own heart the same kind of feeling, for I had a member of my family killed, but he was killed by a white man. But we have to make an effort in the United States. We have to make an effort to understand and to get beyond these rather difficult times, close quote. He was pointing out that assassination is assassination, regardless of the race. And I'm not all that interested in these sophomoric extreme views of these assailants, right or left. Not that interested in them. Not when they're 18, 19, 20, 21. I've never understood why we focus on what an 18-year-old or a 21-year-old thinks when he or she thinks in terms political, when in the grip of some kind of evil mens rea or thought process. What I want to know is how that 18-year-old or 21-year-old was trained to think and behave for the 18 or 21 years prior. I don't want a snapshot of their beliefs in their ultimate act. I don't care about the culmination of the 18 and 21 years as definitive on that one day. I want to know what was going on the previous 18 years. I want to know the family background. Was there a father in the house, for instance? Usually, the answer to that is no. And I want to see the toxicology screen. Were there drugs in the system, or was there a pattern of regular drug use? Usually, the answer is yes. What were they doing for the 18 years or 21 years or whatever many years prior? You see, those things transcend transient political beliefs, and they transcend issues of race. And they are also things the left never wants to talk about, but are so eminently and clearly at the base of antisocial and anti-civil, really anti-civilizational behavior. So if we want 
what was in 1984 or go back to some halcyon times we look back on with longing and admiration, you can't remove the organ, as C.S. Lewis, Lewis put it. You can't remove the organ and expect the function. You cannot, as he put it in the importantly titled book, The Abolition of Man, you cannot continue to make men without chests and expect of them virtue and enterprise. You cannot castrate the herd and bid the geldings be fruitful. But that is what we are doing. Well, that and trying to convince ourselves that civilization's time-tested forces of composition can be downgraded and degraded and that we can maintain civilization without them. In fact, I wonder what the Biden re-election team even thought when they saw the original Reagan Morning in America ad. Did they just like the colors of red, white, and blue and the notion of patriotism? Because if so, it's more than just words and it's far more than pitting American against American. In fact, it's the opposite of all that. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. What's your political pin today? Oh, are you on the phone? Okay, sorry. Uh, welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Oh, well, this is interesting. Let's see how much uh, attention it gets from the media that's, uh, you know, part of the you know, the Brotherhood of Journalists, the Brotherhood of First Amendment Defenders. Do you remember when um, Donald Trump uh, wouldn't, as president, allow Jim Acosta into the White House press conferences anymore? War against the media. War against the press. The White House press office, this is uh, dated uh, May 8th today. The White House press office barred the New York Post from attending President Biden's only daytime public event Monday as federal prosecutors near a decision on criminally charging first son Hunter Biden for tax fraud and other crimes. The Post has closely covered the president's ties to his relatives' foreign dealings and as first reported reported in October 2020 on files from Hunter's abandoned laptop that link Joe Biden to ventures in China and Ukraine. Biden, who falsely characterized the Post's reporting as Russian disinformation, appeared with uh, Pete Buttigieg to talk about airline policies in the White House-adjacent EEOB, the um, Executive Office Building. Biden ultimately took no shouted questions at the venue, which houses the set of a fake White House, and about 50 theater-style seats for reporters, about 20 of which were empty Monday. Biden wouldn't let the New York Post there. That kind of interesting? Is this a war against the media? Is this equivalent to Donald Trump not allowing Jim Acosta from CNN? One of the interesting things about Jim Acosta was, you know, we can debate whether that was right or not, but Trump didn't have a ban on CNN, just that one reporter. This is a ban on the entire New York Post, which is one of the top 10 most circulated newspapers in the country. It is, I think, the oldest newspaper in the country. It was founded by Alexander Hamilton. I can see why the Bidens may not like it, but isn't that kind of the role of the press? I mean, wouldn't most journalists or reporters, if they were in a seminar or Q&A with college students, say, how do you know you're going, doing a good job as you're ticking off the leadership? That's how you know you're doing a good job? I mean, I don't think they should just for that sake, but it was kind of the point of the First Amendment to investigate the leaders, not be the leaders' mouthpieces. 
We know this because that's what they tell us in every brief they ever submit to a federal court whenever a First Amendment issue that they believe infringes on their rights is wet is waged. Hugo Black and William O. Douglas in the Pentagon Papers case, quote, the press was to serve the governed, not the governors. The government's power to censor the press was abolished so that the press would remain forever free to censure the government. The difference is uh, between censor and censure, right? Censor is banned, censure is criticized. That was the press's, at least, duty as understood from time 1791, from the time of the First Amendment forward. And here the Biden operation, having just been discovered, by the way, to have been working hand in glove with the CIA that turned it over to the FBI to censure the New York Post in 2020 on an unfriendly article about Hunter Biden and the laptop. You know, that scandal alone, that's it. We we just... um, Last year celebrated the fifth celebrated commemorated the fiftieth anniversary. Last year, we commemorated the fiftieth anniversary of the Watergate break-in. There's probably someone can fact-check me on this if they want, or just take my word at my best guess. But there's probably ten movies on that. Ten movies or miniseries on Watergate. Some of them best some some books bestsellers. One of the movies certainly one of the top movies of all time making stars of Robert Redford and perhaps Dustin Hoffman. Is there going to be one movie on this? I mean, the idea that a deputy director of the CIA can reach out to an official in the Biden campaign, official who is now the Secretary of State in the Biden administration, and say we would like to be able to cast doubt on the Hunter Biden laptop story and say it's Russian misinformation so that we can give it to Joe Biden as a talking point in his debate. That's all on the record. That's all record. Was there ever any interference from dirty Dick? Tricky Dick that comes close to that. The use of, of 51 people with security clearances to testify in public and tell the American people that based on their judgment and expertise and what they know, and to use that to turn over to the FBI to send letters to social media to continue to ban the story? Nixon wouldn't have even dreamed of something like that. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. John Dombrowski is the president and founder of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. He's also a radio host. You can hear him here every Saturday morning at 7 a.m. on his own show, The Word on Wealth. By the way, his website at Grand Canyon Planning, easy enough to remember, grandcanyonplanning.com. I like it when websites and businesses tell you exactly what they are, and his does. How are you, John? I'm good, Seth. How about you? I'm doing just fine. Today is news about Airlines Day. Oh, yeah. There's lots. Of... <laughs> a couple of different things <laughs> yeah, out there. Yeah, a huh? couple of different things out there. 
with everything you would think Joe Biden might be interested in or worried about or mm-hmm. wanting to be dealing with, this Title 42 expiration at the border is a big one. He's talking about um, <laughs> he's going after airlines. He's telling airlines that uh, he and Pete Buttigieg are going to make sure that passengers, you know, get all their monies and fees back. I, I mean, mm-hmm. we all kind of probably agree with that. But really, is that what we need the president and transportation secretary to do today? Also, we're kind of learning about how these baggage fee revenues have meant so much for the airlines, right? It's a big number, yes. Yeah. First of all, talking about, you know, you've got, the nice thing is, is we could all feel confident and comfortable that we've got Secretary of, yes, for, you know. Yes, very confident and comfortable. <laughs> yes, Pete Buttigieg. Yes, he's on yes, the case. Yeah, he's uh, all over it. Yeah. So we know that probably nothing's going to get done there. Right. So, okay, so we can go so on to the next. So if you're an airline, you don't have to worry, is what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. All well, right. But, you, you know, really, uh, seriously on this, my concern would be, and I, I, I would imagine that Airlines would never uh, compromise when it comes to the safety of passengers, right. number one, which right. I believe, right. uh, because it's basically saying they're going to compensate you when, um, you know, uh, maybe there's a problem with yeah, an airplane. Yeah, yeah, no, I think it's going to open the floodgates for yeah. complaints here. Yeah, because this is a real challenge. Oh, I yes. Mean, you oh, know, yes. If, if there's a problem with the airplane, I'm more than happy to be delayed. And I'm with you. <laughs> I just think they're going to have to order new customer service uh, call centers in India or something to deal with all the incoming they're yeah. going to get over this. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting—and, yeah. uh, you know. And of course, they haven't drafted any of the new rules no, yet. So no, we're going to find out what those new rules may may be proposed. So— uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting time. So, but that may may take a little time before they get that one. Passed. In the meantime, the airlines yes. are cleaning up, and it's a lot of it is baggage fee revenue, huh? Yeah, and it, it's interesting. Seven. This article here uh, I no talks idea. about seven. No either did I. That's why I wanted yeah. to bring it to your attention. Seven billion dollars a year from checked bag fees. Wow, that's a big number. Yep. Um, you know, and, and I guess you think about company, you know, Southwest, where yep. you don't pay anything for your for your two bags. Right. That's that's amazing, yeah. right? And the and the cost of the ticket is f- fair compared to some of these airlines. Right. So I don't know what that tells us, other than um, you know we have to be careful. I'm a frequent flyer in, with with one of the airlines, so I don't pay for my bags usually. Uh, anyway, so it doesn't affect me, but there's a lot of people out there that it does. And if your bag is over a certain yep. weight, yeah. then you really get hit hard yep. on some of these costs. Yep. And what's really interesting is is the carry-on bag. Mm-hmm. They don't weigh the carry-on bag. No. Your carry-on bag could weigh It's so arbitrary. Pounds, oh, it's ridiculously arbitrary. But yeah. you, your, your bag that gets checked yeah. can't. So. Yeah. Uh, it is really interesting it, when we it, think seven billion dollars, though, of profit to the to the airlines. It really is. What do they call him, Warren Buffett, the Oracle of Omaha? Mm-hmm, they do. He's he's given some warnings about the state of our economy. It turns out he, says he did. This, uh, all the success of spending we saw that that time is over, and there's now a glut of of products, and that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Right? So you know the the problems that we had during the COVID. Uh, days when we had uh, all of these um, backlogs and, mm-hmm. you know, challenges getting different supplies and uh, parts for vehicles and things like that. At least uh, there was demand for it. There evidently. was demand yeah. for it. And now we've got some excess and it looks like we probably are not going to have the demand because right. we're seeing consumer confidence. Consumer spending mm-hmm. is down. Yep. 
And uh, a lot got, of inventory built up. Yes. And so we should start to see prices come down is I what would you would think. Yeah, except we have an inflation report. We, <laughs> CPI numbers <laughs> yeah, coming out you Wednesday. You give and you take, John. PPI give, numbers yeah, coming yeah, out Thursday. Yeah. yeah, all of these things are going to be right in, you know, in the, the view of the Fed yeah. to see whether or not they really are finished with rate hikes or whether or not they will continue to hike rates in the future. So uh, it's going to be an interesting time. Uh, it's still a little bit uh, dicey out there for stocks, uh, although we are seeing bank stocks did come back a little bit today, so that was a positive. Uh, so we're still waiting to see whether or not some of these other banks may have some challenges. But uh, overall, for the past couple of days, we did see a little bit of a recovery in the financial industry. You know the C's candy stores? Who doesn't love those, right? Right. The idea that Mary C or one of her descendants is in one of those clean, pristine shops making that candy. Mm-hmm. I learned today, no. It's owned by the Oracle of Omaha. <laughs> I didn't know that was in his portfolio. That and Geico, right? Yeah. Yes, this is his yeah, big one. Yeah. 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 Thanks, John. You bet. Securities and advisory services offered through Creative One Securities LLC, a member of Finman Sipic and an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Creative One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Talk tomorrow, Seth. Nicely done. Thank, Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Tight, tight song. Tight song. Rosanna by Toto. I, I remember when it came out. Man, it hit it hit all the charts. Rob is in surprise. He probably remembers that. Hi, Rob. Well, of course. Hi, Seth. Of course I remember it. And um, I remember the, uh, the shuffle that um, the drummer made who passed away too early. Um, and the song is actually about Rosanna Arquette. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. I think it was uh, Ben Marty Page, the, either the singer or the guitarist or both, who had a thing for Rosanna Arquette. I did not so, know that. Huh. Oh, yeah. Well, I'd like to call and help. Yeah. <laughs> help, 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 out the, help out the pikers, okay? <laughs> yeah, kind of, Do your duty. You know, All right. Total knowledge. Um, Do you agree with me at my rant about, uh, I had a rant, a little bit of a rant, not a big one, last week at the Musical Instrument Museum where they had a profile of the band Police and they had, and the profile was all about Andy Summers, the person no one thinks about. I mean, am I wrong about that? You do Sting, you might do Stuart Copeland, but who does Andy Summers? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought when I was listening, and I did. Um, I thought you said it was more about Stuart Copeland. No, they, that would make a little more sense. I mean, it would be like not quite like doing a profile of the Beatles and highlighting Peter Best, but kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I suppose you're right. Yeah. I mean, Andy Summers was, uh, you know, a big part of the police. I, I guess, but the show. least big part of them. Well, yeah, as far as maybe the fame goes. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, anyway, the um, the thing uh, that you had brought up about Joe Biden's, uh, I don't know, but is it a campaign video? Yeah, it is. It's a TV ad called The Flag. Yeah. 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 Well, we know that having read a lot of stuff online that he lied. Um, imagine that. And that we also know there's a lot of stuff currently going on about you know, Hunter, and, and that's leading up to Mr. Biden uh, personally with some of these connections that uh, involve money from 
places not just in uh, Ukraine, but in places like Kazakhstan and, you know, and, and some other countries that uh, I guess are slowly being traced, but again, maybe covered up. And, and I was thinking to myself, you know, for, you know, knowing what we know, um, we, we're witnessing, and this is probably part of the, you know, politics is downstream from culture issue, that Americans in general are failing in their civic responsibilities because they're not doing the homework that's needed to find out the little details that would expose them to the truth and what's really going on. And, of course, I also blame the media for being completely one-sided, and you were right about that, as always, then so, so am I. But <laughs> there's, there's just an awful lot of untruth going on, and I think the Democrats play to that and don't care. Um, but I think that's what fails most Americans, is many of them believe whatever either the media tells them or whatever their union tells them or whatever their family tells them because it's usually, you know, traced from a long line of, well, we've always voted Democrat and thank God for FDR because of the New Deal and and all that stuff. And I think it, it's a totally different Democrat party now. But I think in general, most Americans need to pay more attention what's really going on and take the time, make the time to uh, dig the truth out and, you know, turn off the TV, do a lot of reading and, and find out some of the things that the media is not telling them that if they had, they should be completely uh, pissed off and frustrated. And perhaps, I don't know if they'll change parties, but realize that they've been lied to for so long that they either are either sheep or numb to the lies or believe the lies. And, and I think that's where, you know, being a private citizen, I, I learned this when I retired from the Navy, that, you know, the biggest responsibility I have is to be, uh, and, and the biggest privilege I have is to be a private citizen. Uh, but it takes work. It takes a lot of hard work. And I'm not sure that we have a work ethic among a lot of people of various ages that are willing to take the time to really do the research and find out the truth of what's really going on. I mean, we, we do focus a lot on politicians. We focus a lot on Washington. We focus a lot on... Actually, we're not focusing so much on uh, the current governor of Arizona, which kind of worries me in a bit. But um, I'm, I'm just kind of worried about... You know, whether we've all become sheep. Did you see, by the way, hold on a second. Did you see Friday, the video of her Friday fleeing the press? Uh, No. There were (laughs) probably 15 members of the press trying to ask her questions. And she just did. It looked like it was one of those scenes from the campaign where she was just couldn't run fast enough to get into her car and take not a question. Really odd scene. Really odd. I don't know what she's hiding from. I really don't. Well. She can't, I, uh, I guess I, I guess think, she's worried every time she talks she's going to subtract from the the sum value of human intelligence. Well, there, there's that too, and of course, um, I mean, even Kristen Cinema was talking about how uh, Biden is failing at the border. I now. saw that. And, yeah, I saw that. You know, that they're not getting and, any information. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
And and it's like, duh, come on, guys. Of course, it's all a failure. And and it's all the rule of law. To your larger question, though, I got to tell you, I you know, I'm of such mixed mind on this. Of course, that's what we do here almost, uh, if not daily, certainly weekly, is we keep encouraging people to do their own research. You just can't believe the media anymore. You just can't. And no. and 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 it's a hard lift to get people to do their work. It's so much easier to just take NPR's or CNN's word for it and assume that yeah. that's gospel or assume that that's Mount Olympus. I can't tell people how much it isn't. And oh yeah, and you know the notion that well you guys lie too. Uh, well, I do show me uh, point point it out, but also yeah. if if I'm part of the guys, I'm I'm here to tell you right now. You tune into this show, you're going to get what I think is a conservative perspective. I'm not NPR and the New York Times and CNN telling you we're pitching it straight down the middle. That's the first lie they tell. That's the that's very right. first that's lie right. they tell. Uh, but I'm I'm kind of, I, you know, I'm down. I mean, there's this new poll from Washington Post, which I mentioned in my monologue, that shows that maybe the American people are getting it. We're going to have to see if this is... Uh, if this poll polling, if these polling results are, are replicated in subsequent polls, your point is a good one, though, uh, that the news that one expects to hear about the Bidens is not going to get better anytime soon. One wouldn't think with the comeuppances uh, regarding Hunter Biden. But I'm I don't know, man. I Rob, I I I hate to be down. I, I hate to be pessimistic. But. You know, I keep raising this question. Do people care? Does it matter? Does any news matter anymore? I mean, Fauci and, and, and Weingarten just lie through their teeth, and it just doesn't seem—no one seems to care. I, maybe I'm wrong. Folks can tell me. Excuse me, folks. How do you think this uh, administration is handling the economy? Banks? Stock market, possible recession on the horizon. Our friends at Y-Refi have an investment opportunity in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return that's not correlated to any of that. It's an investment where you can turn your monthly income on or off. You can compound it, whatever you like, with no loss of principal if you need your money back at any time. Think of that freedom. There are no fees in this secure collateralized portfolio that delivers a high fixed interest rate up to 10.25%. Why Refi is local. I do encourage you to stop by their offices on Scottsdale Road in the 101. I've been there a few times, and I can tell you, you won't uh, get a sales pitch. No one's going to ask you to sign anything. One of them may show you his trumpet collection. When you meet with the team there at Why Refi, you'll see why I like and trust them so much, and you can too. Why Refi is a due diligence approved firm, and as I say, you can earn up to a 10.25% rate of return. That's right. A ten and a quarter percent fixed rate of return. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest the letter Y then R E F Y dot com, or call them at eight 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 Y Refi thirty four. Interesting story about Tucker Carlson. I kind of thought the news about him would uh, da- uh, damp damper a little bit, and uh, and and it certainly has. Uh, but it was re- revived today with a story from Axios that Tucker is trying to get out of his Fox contract that uh, pays him out if he you know doesn't compete. Uh, he's trying to get out of that. He has a he has a really good attorney. We'll see if he can or if he will. But the story is that he's trying to start 
his own media organization, his own media company that would compete, <clears throat> that would compete with Fox. Um, that would all mean it would also compete with Newsmax and uh, uh, what's the other one? OAN, One America News. And I, I find it tremendously fascinating. I don't underestimate Tucker for a moment, but I do wonder if there's room for it all. Uh, I, I, you know, it's it's. Uh, I'd love your thoughts on this. Um, when you already have Newsmax and OAN, which aren't, I mean, they're doing okay, but they're not exactly, they're not exactly, uh, what's the word I want? Suffusing. They're not exactly saturating the market, not even the market in the conservative movement or right-wing viewers and eyeballs. Um, can Tucker do it? Does he have the um, Archimedean lever to do it? Be interesting. I'd love your thoughts. Uh, Title 42's expiration has a lot of implications for us. Debbie Lesko is going to chat with us about what it all means when we come right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 